testing, testing, testing. One more testing, time. Testing, testing, testing. How now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then testing, testing, testing. Testing, testing, testing. Okay. Flip, flop, floop, flip, flop, floop. Again, no. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you are no fun with mic tests. <laughs> You'll only... There, there's no creativity. You'll Put on the episode? No. I would never do that. Yes, you would. <laughs> and it's funny. My neighbors, one of the neighbor, one of my neighbors, when you drive into the neighborhood and it, you hit like that T and then you take a left, they are always on their porch from 7 p.m. to I don't know how late. 7 p.m. Those dudes are out there at 5 p.m. No, 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 no. Well, yeah, some of them are out, but yeah. there's a specific house that they're out from like when it gets dark out. Almost like they're scoping out. You could, an innocent view would say, oh, they're just looking out for like ruffians, for people causing trouble. They're looking for the opposite side gang. That, or they're looking for prey. Probably both. I think that they're, they're looking... They're part of a gang. Yeah, I think they're looking for stragglers. They're looking for someone who comes in that they could just pounce on. Because they sit there and, and it's it's a... It looks like a mother, son, and they're... Uh, mother, father, and their son, and they have this cute, la- like, black lab, but I can tell there's something a little more insidious going on there. <laughs> and and I don't know if I wave to them, and they wave back, but that wave is a very ominous wave. It's it's like a, hey, why don't you slow down and say hi? Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. You need to, like, calm the fuck down. So when you leave it here, it's going to be very dark out. I'm going to spin some wheels and, and I, burn I, out. I would do that very get out of here fast and i mean you are you you're not you're not white so you gotta say i'm the one brown guy you're the the neighborhood you're the brown guy (laughs) in the neighborhood so you got to be very careful um and if it helps i have a uh i have a big confederate flag magnet that i could give you just to put on the outside you have a big confederate flag don't ask questions Uh, uh, irrelevant but we we could put it on your we could put it on your car to get you out of here no it's okay thanks You can do anything you put your mind to with Just Jiu-Jitsu Podcast, episode 33. This is Just Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. This is Chipmunk and... Kryler. No, no, we're on Chipmunk and Froggy. We're here bringing oh. it to you live. Hey, hit the, hit the soundboard. Hit, hit the, the, the noises. Aluga! Man, you don't play. You you don't you don't help me spice this up. You just sit there. And you just give me this deadpan look. You have you have no drama. You have no theatrical bone in your body. Not a single one. Oh, <laughs> man. which is funny because your sister is a theater major. She's a theater yeah. major. She is she's she's actually tremendous... going to New York to act. Yeah. yeah. What happened? Is she also a theater vampire? And when <laughs> when you were younger, she walked up to you at night and just no, I, inhaled all of your theatrical. No, uh, I, I'm I'm just I'm, I don't know I'm uh, you know I, I I'm just not. <laughs> that's that's just not your style. No. Some people were meant to entertain and dance. Others were meant to choke and break down. Yeah. 
and you do it tremendously, thank if you. I do say so myself. Thank you, thank you. Which is good, because if you were a dancer or an dance. actor, that wouldn't help our podcast. Can't dance or act. No. And that this podcast would just be ten times worse than it already is if that were the case. <laughs> we would be the Grappling Dads. We would be the Grappling Dads. Guys, check them out. Grappling Dads podcast. Paul and Kip. Uh, they make us look good. They make us look fantastic. And shout out to Kip. He is testing for his purple belt. Not Kip. I'm sorry, to Paul. Paul. Yeah, don't give Kip that much credit. No, no, no. Kip Kip tested for his blue belt and... And then hurt his neck or something, got a boo-boo. Yeah, oh. And then even, he, he said he had surgery on it. Right, who he, really knows? He, he has like the incision, but we don't know if he didn't just pay someone to just kind of... He paid his, his wife's really or, cool. Or, she or, probably just... Cut him up a bit and said, "We'll stitch." Or he him. just spoke out of turn and she stabbed him in the neck. <laughs> that that's true, and that's I wouldn't hold it against her. No, I would I would help her hide the body. Oh, okay. Well, don't say that on here. I, Sorry. No, we we wouldn't help her hide the body. We we would tell the authorities, but yeah, I'd help her hide the body. Too. I'd, right. I, I have a spot. There's woods behind my house. We can that we can figure this out. Yeah. yeah, I've got a couple bodies. And nobody's gonna miss Kip. No, no. I mean, victimless crime. No, it. Jen would be happy. Uh, Anyone who trains with him would be happy. His kids would be thrilled. Right. Okay, well, let's... Yeah, there, there's a this ju- shouldn't be on the air. <laughs> <laughs> if something mysterious happens... If, if Kip has a mysterious death tonight, we're, we are fucked. Yeah. We are in trouble. <laughs> All right. Well, I just wanted to be clear. We're recording. We won't be around. Well, no, 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 no. All right, so we're recording in Elkhart, so this, that's our alibi, but... Didn't do your goddamn job. You introduced us with your little jingle. I did with our jingle, but I didn't say who we were. You who... did. You said this is just Jujitsu podcasting and jingle. Yeah, but they're like, who? Okay, just Jujitsu podcast. I'm still floating out there in space. Who are the guides taking us to these different Jujitsu planets? You said you're a chipmunk, and I said I was Croiler. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that counts. <laughs> damn it, you're right. Okay, well, I, I'm Andrew. I'm not actually Chipmunk. Um, and I'm still Croiler. But if we're going by audio traits, then yeah, you could call me You could call me Chipmunk. Well, anyways, let's get down to business, because we're not here to joke around. We're here because we're a serious, self-respecting podcast. Episode 33, Jiu-Jitsu for seniors. Old uh, man Jiu-Jitsu. Other people say old man Jiu-Jitsu. You hear about it a lot, because I think there are a lot of people who are older who are interested in Jiu-Jitsu. Absolutely. In America, it's very common. Um, it's actually, I think, the population in America is, there's a larger population of old Americans doing jiu-jitsu than in Brazil. I think in Brazil, like, there's a lot of old guy, older guys doing jiu-jitsu, but I think it's the proportions versus, like, old guy versus young guy in Brazil is far different than in America. Oh, that's interesting. I did not know that. When we... Talk about old guys. What, what should we? What, what would we classify old guys as in this? It's tough, man. I mm-hmm. think age is a number. I think like if you think you're old, you're old. If you don't think you're old, you don't. You're not old. You know. Um, I, I would rather describe somebody who um, maybe is off their peak, whatever their peak was. That's a good way to say, it, yeah. Which <laughs> it is relative. I saw someone who asked uh, on on one article. They said they said that very thing. It's it's relative because someone emailed me and said, "Hey, I'm 28. Am I too old for jujitsu?" Which, right. no, right? Which I laughed at because that's when I started. But again, it's it is very relative because when you think of 
a lot of people might think of jujitsu. They could Google jujitsu, and then they start to watch videos, and they just see a bunch of young guys in shape competing. Right. I have a ton of respect for older guys who start jujitsu because it seems like the older you get, the tougher it is to try new things. I think what it comes down to is what kind of person you are, too. If you're somebody who is a little bit more introverted, has less friends, who's never tried a lot of things, and now you're older, you have a lot of things going against you as far as like putting yourself out there. If you're a social butterfly, if you've grappled before, if you have a ton of friends, I think it's a little bit easier, you know? Um, but I think it's true of anything. Well, and as you're older, a lot of the things you do are things that you've done for a while, so you're experienced in those. It feels out of your comfort zone to go, oh man, do I want to restart something? Do right. I want to be new at this again? Right. That's why it's tremendously brave for someone to start at a very late age. And it goes against your survival instincts almost to go, not only am I going to try something new, but the new thing I'm going to try is that thing where the goal is to possibly break a joint, which at this age, they're weaker than they used to be, and two, choke someone. So the goal is to cause physical harm in a, in a sense. That's the new thing I'm going to try. I'm not going to try to pick up cooking right. or fishing. Or, or fishing. No, I'm going to do that. And that's why I think anyone who walks into the gym who's over, let's say, their peak age, you immediately have to have that. You have to give them that respect, right. if nothing else. What do you think the average age is of people in jiu-jitsu? Let's say in the U.S., because you mentioned it's different. But In the U.S.? Yeah, people who walk into the gym. 35. 35. I, I was thinking like 25 to 35 around 30, that age. 35. Yeah. Why do you think it's not 20 to 30? Maybe it's because that's like transitional period for a lot of people where they got stuff going on, school, college, well, figuring out what they want to do work-wise. Well, if, if you're, let's say you're a 20-year-old and let's say you've, you've grappled or you've done martial arts or you've done sports, odds are if you're good at it, you stuck with it. So let's say you... When you're in high school, you became this amazing grappler or you liked football. Odds are you're going to go to a school to play. Even if you're not on a scholarship, even if you're not becoming an NFL player, right? That's football, right? And then, um, you know, or... We haven't done a Croiler Sports Corner in a while, so we'll, we'll get back to that. But <laughs> or, yeah, like a, or like a Division One wrestler. Even if you're not doing those things, right? Maybe it's like a... Is that like a fifth division in those things? Anyways... Um, <laughs> Even if you're playing for some measly school somewhere, it's something you're probably doing in college. Right. It keeps you active. You've done it forever. You keep the team spirit going. You at least can do like an intramur like intramural right. while you're doing it with Right, friends. right. And and there's no reason to venture out because venturing out to do something like jujitsu means money. Right. And 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 in America we very heavily push kids into college and they're paying for it. So anywhere from a hundred to three hundred dollars a month for an extra sport that you've never done and it looks very intimidating it's not something that either you can afford or you want to try because it's not appealing to you um, now if you are the athlete if you are the the football star or the wrestler that made it right and you're in a scholarship you can't really devote the time to to do something like that so the only people that are left that we haven't talked about are the non-athletes the kids that were would never do anything anyways if they're in college you know their money has to be allocated a certain way if they're not in college they're probably working and partying at which point there's still no reason to to do this right there's no incentive in america for younger kids to do jujitsu because 
remember we talked about this in brazil it's a necessity to learn to protect yourself in in america it's it's not most college high school college kids see themselves as invisible invincible therefore um jiu-jitsu would be just for fun but it's an expensive fun mm-hmm. you know where the older guys you know the the 30 to 50 30 to 60 year old guys are guys who um may have wrestled their entire lives but wrestling ends once college is over and you get married you have a family and there's no way to wrestle because there's no like wrestling clubs for old guys right. you know well and i mean i don't know about everyone else but i think we've all been there where if you used to wrestle and you can't find anyone to do that with anymore you want you're at like the grocery store and if you see someone who looks friendly you walk up and say hey man you want you want to go wrestle like I've, oh, I've got a mat. Yeah, like I got a mat at my house. Do you want to just come over and wrestle sometimes? That work? And you'd be shocked. No, you'd be shocked how many people <laughs> are just rude and say no and look at you weird. And it's a just nice invitation. Yeah, it's a sincere invitation. Yeah. Were you in your singlet when you did those things? Uh, no, but I, I tell them I, I have singlets. Singlets right. will be provided. Right. Um, that even seems to weird them out more. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, cup, it's jock, jock strap, cup, jock strap. Yeah, not wrestling shoes. They're expensive. No, they have to bring their own. Yeah. But, but like, it's not like a football. Eh, not football is a little different. It's not like a basketball where you say you're working with someone for a while. Like, hey, I gotta pick up basketball league. You want to come over and right. like join us? Yeah, okay, I'll or, do that. Or a one on one. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like or we play soccer. Yeah, that's cool, man. You, you can't go. Hey, I get together with some buddies uh, on on Wednesday nights. We just wrestle in my basement. Yeah. Don't you come come over and do that? No, because automatically you are a weird guy, and yes. everyone should run away from you at that point. Absolutely. However, it's okay if you if you own a gym and you have mats and you're wearing uh, your keys, then it's completely normal. Then right. we're good. If you have a business around it, it's if you have okay. a business, if you're making money off of it, <laughs> so that's what I should have done when I said, "Do you want to come wrestle at my house? Um, I'll pay you." No, the other way around. Oh, you'll pay me. Sorry, that, yeah. that's that's even worse, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> come wrestle my house. I'll pay you money. <laughs> yeah, so that's that is one thing that uh, you can see the stages in life that start to become a little more conducive to someone being more likely to to come yeah. try. And then you know, usually when you get to their thirties, they're becoming more settled. They generally start to develop families or want to develop families. They have adult you know responsibilities whether it's a mortgage a serious career a job family you know and and you know generally speaking that's the age also where you start to make a little bit more money you're not spending on stupid shit and um it becomes easier to have hobbies that cost money and it's becomes easier to try something new because hey if it doesn't work out you don't feel awkward you just move on because you're in that stage in your life it is also the the age because you, you're more settled and established, you can get the non-athletes that want to do something because they feel like they should be healthier. Um, and then you can also get the, all the previous athletes that can't competitively, you know, do they anything. Can't keep, yeah. There's no there's no sports league for 50 year olds that can go and compete to win a trophy. You know, that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. In jujitsu, though, you can you can compete when you're 50 or when you're 60. There's competition matches for them. So it allows for a venue for the more competitive people to go compete. It allows for the dad who sees it and thinks it's cool to get out of the house a couple of times so we can try it. What do you say to the people who are who would who like the idea of starting 
jujitsu, but I feel like probably the biggest obstacle for a lot of older guys would be, man, I I love to do that, but I just can't get hurt, and and I'm gonna get hurt if I try that. I've got a got a bad back, I've got a bad knee. This just isn't for me. That's a that's a fair fair fear. I mean, you should. I mean, this should be a concern, right? Like I said, you're more tied to your responsibilities, whether they're financial or otherwise, family, etc. And yeah, if you let's say you're the breadwinner, or you are even if you're not the breadwinner, but you have people counting on you for your business or your job, and you get hurt, like you could affect a lot of people. Um, yeah, no, I I get that. So my advice is if you're somebody who sees yourself as older who sees yourself as somebody who cannot be hurt not that any any of us can be hurt but you know if a 16 year old kid gets hurt right his parents are going to be around they'll take care of him he doesn't have to worry about a lot of things like Mm -hmm. insurance will take care of it you know if if your dad gets hurt you know he doesn't work now you know and maybe his work doesn't tolerate that because Mm -hmm. It's one thing if he takes vacation to account for some of his absence, but if he needs six months off, his work may not care for that. Maybe they let him go, right? So I, I get it, you know? Um, if you're somebody who sees yourself in that situation where financially or because of responsibilities, you, you know, that is a absolutely must not happen, me getting hurt. Do some research. Visit the schools. Don't just sign up watch the classes, watch the culture of the school and pay attention. Don't just watch and be amazed about the techniques and how cool it is. Really watch the class. Are these are these schools that you're watching, are they the people in the school, regardless of age, are they trying to, to beat each other up or are they trying to build each other up? Are they a team or are they simply training partners, right? Are they looking to make each other better? Are they being safe? Are they being careful? Or is it a school where... We're just trying to kill each other and see who's toughest. Right. Right. And and that is a plague in jiu-jitsu. There's more schools like that than there are schools that are building a team, a healthy environment. Yeah, that would be a big part of, of hopping in because if you're concerned about being hurt, you could get into jiu-jitsu, but if you were in the wrong hands or a very aggressive place where they they just push the limit, that's, that's going to just be asking for an injury. If you're that guy who's thinking, okay, my back's not great, I have these issues, I'm willing to take that risk, or what can I do to reduce my risks of being hurt starting something? Well, like I think this? I think you, you train to your limit, right? Meaning, not meaning pushing your limit, but to your limit. So let's say, let's say you have all the free time in the world, right? But let's say if it's some previous injuries, let's say like a low, low back injury, and you go to class and you're told to do, you know... 150 trap and rolls each side so you're primarily using your lower back and your abs and your hips to lift a weight a human weight off of you right um and and you do 10 reps and your back starting to act funny to say hey i'm done like if they demand an explanation as to why you're why you're quitting or why you're not doing more just say hey i have a previous injury i can only do so many of this if i do any more i'm gonna hurt my back and i won't be able to train Right, and if your instructor continues to make you feel like shit because you can't do those reps, or uh, makes you feel bad in any way, or you know makes some sort of rude remark that tells you all you need to know about that school, mm-hmm. um, they should leave. Now, if they say, you know, maybe you can't do that step 140 more times, it's a ridiculous, it's a large number. You obviously have an injury. Do it. Try it this way. 
you know, it, it won't be so bad on your back. And they modify the technique for you. That's a healthy school you should stay. The 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 reality is jujitsu, um, when you when you as you learn jujitsu, it's like building a tailor made suit, right? I like that. Um, we you and I can go to the tailor and we can get the exact same style of suit. Same color, same everything. I mean, you, you, down to the tie, right? And it's the exact same suit. But I couldn't take your suit and put it on, nor could you take mine and put it on. We would look better in our own individual suits. That's the same suit. That's jujitsu, right? Um, if you're somebody who has, you know, let's say a range of motion deficiency, you cannot extend your left arm. It doesn't mean you can't do jujitsu. It just means that your jujitsu will have to account for your inability to move your left arm. You know, and and a school, regardless of your age, the instructor and the your teammates should help you around those difficulties. If they don't, that's an unhealthy school. Mm-hmm. So let's now look at the person who walks into the class. They've gotten past the question of should I do this. They've decided I'm going to give it a try. They walk in. It's probably intimidating to look around and see a bunch of other people who are in their peak or near their peak, and you're that new guy. What what do you mentally have to do to get past that point? Do you just have I'm, to? I mean, I'm I, I'm I'm I've never been there. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> wait a second, you're not. I thought you were sixty. Damn, shall we no, battle? My bad. No. <laughs> um, no, I um. As the as the guy who is who there you are on the other end looking at this older person walk in and you can see that that nervous hesitation on their face well i, I think i think anybody coming in is going to be intimidated jiu-jitsu is not a super welcoming sport up front you know once you develop friendships then yeah you you kind of stay it becomes your tribe but up front from the outsider from the the layman's view it's super intimidating um i think i think it becomes a job of of the instructor and the other seniors in class, senior students, not like their age, with their belt rank, and and the other people that have been there to welcome those people, to not mean mug them, to not stare them down, to not them look at them any sort of weird way. These are people that are trying to either change their life, find a new hobby, make friends. These are all positive things, and by by sneering at them or making comments or beating them up. You're, you're shitting on somebody trying to do a good thing, and I think that's that's a horrible thing to do. Okay, so I sneered at one or two people. You don't have to call me out on that <laughs> with this podcast. I mean, I said I was sorry. All right, so the person comes in. They sit down. They start participating. Let's say there's a workout. They're struggling. They can't do everything everyone else is doing in that workout, and they haven't even started drilling. What hope do they have at that so point? So this, this is where, like... The healthiness, uh, the healthy healthiness of the school is very, very integral, right? So, you've been in our school for a while, and I think we have a pretty healthy school. So, what generally happens when we have an older person start start the class and the workouts a little bit too much? Either I say, "Hey, only do so many," or or try to do it this way, or do the best you can. And if if you if if I see that they're doing the best they can, and they just cannot finish a set set number of reps, or they're taking a while. But they're but they're trying, right? They're they're putting forth the effort. They're not just milking the their age, right? What happens in our class? And I, it's not cued by me. I don't say this to happen. I don't tell people to to cause this thing to happen. What happens? If they can't finish the exercise, usually someone else will hop in and 
do the reps for them. Right. Yeah. So you'll say if we're doing burpees and you say 20 burpees and that person has done seven burpees, one person or a couple other people will say there are 13 burpees left. All right. I'll take seven. You take six. Right. So why, why, why do you do that? Not just you. We've been there. We want to show them our support. We want to say that, hey, you're trying. We're here too. Uh, to help you we we care about your right and at some point somebody did some for you yeah you know and and you pay it forward you know and and to me like that's a that's a healthy example of like what a supportive school should be like you know and 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 they should try to push people to get better and i'm not saying that like i'm not talking about the old guy that comes in who does one rep sits on his ass he's clearly not tired he's just milking it Mm-hmm. No, that guy is not putting forth the effort, right? No, I'm talking about the guy who comes in who's genuinely wants to be good at this, who really wants to improve, and he is doing the best thing he can, and and, and coming for as often as he can. Yeah, you guys all step up and, and do some reps for them, and and you know, generally speaking, what is the response from those people? Thanks, guys. Sorry, I couldn't make it. I'm 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 gonna get I'm gonna do better, mm-hmm. right? And and that automatically created a positive trigger in their mind that hey, these guys like me enough to do some for me. We are a team. We're in this together, right? Who knows? Maybe someday I can do some reps for other people that come in. That's true. It does take away because one of the maybe the first things that is intimidating coming into that place is you you think I I don't know why, but you just kind of think oh these people aren't they're not going to like me or they're just, they don't want me here. They're going to look down on me. Right. And that's, that's a quick way to easily just say, Hey, you're trying. We appreciate it. Right. We understand you can't do it. We couldn't do it when we started. So right. we're going to give you a hand. And, and, and like I said, if a school is healthy, these things will fix themselves in, in one way or another in my, in our, my school, our school, the, the people step up and do some reps for them, mm-hmm. you know, and then that's, you know, I, I'm, I'm, that's one of the things I'm most proud of is that oftentimes the people that have been there for a while, like yourself and others, will step up and do some reps for people that you may never see again. They may be the first class or the second class, you know, and you guys are still willing to do that for a stranger. That's huge. I mean, that's something that I think all of you guys should be proud. Um, so, yeah. All right. So we're working through, the, through this first class for, for a person and they get through the workout well done they had they got through some of some of the exercises they had to help they have the helped best others they best they could they could tell people appreciated it they were helpful now the drilling starts there's some techniques you have to try and you see the instructor doing the technique and there's some uh, there's some movement that you're starting to get a little nervous about because you think i'm i am i am way too old to do that i can't bend like that all right, I got through that workout, but I just can't do this. And they start to have that panic. What 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 do they do at that point? Well, and this is where again this goes back to the how how healthy the school is, how how good of an instructor you have. You know, um, look, uh, people that are short, people that are long, people that are skinny, people that are you know overweight, people that are great athletes, inflexible people, flexible people, old people, young people, smart people not so bright people we all have our difficulties in the you know in learning a technique whatever it may be right i've shown techniques to people like 20 times and like literally walked through them 20 times and that person does not get the technique that's okay right 
Um, my point is, you all those attributes I just talked about, the heights, the talls, the shorts, the, the, the bigger people, the skinnier people, all those people, they, they're all going to have some sort of difficulty learning a technique, whether it's mental, it's a mental block, whether it's, it's too hard for me to think about this, I don't understand, whether it's a physical thing, like I don't have enough power or range of motion, or I can't move this way, I don't know how to move this way. They all have issues. This is where the senior students and a good instructor or a good instruction will come in and they will help you learn those movements. And if they realize, hey, this is a physical deficiency, they don't have this range of motion anymore. You know, they're, they've had a previous injury on their back as we keep talking about this. Then it is the, the, the instructor's job to find a way to modify the technique so that they can do it. And if they simply cannot do it, then the instructor must be frank and say, hey, this is not the technique that maybe you can do. It takes too much toll in your lower back. You mentioned earlier in class, you have a lower back injury. This may not be the one for you. You know, again, but there's so many v modifications and varieties and twists and spins on different techniques that is very rare when you can say, when you have to say, there's absolutely no way to modify this for it to work for you. The adaptability jiu-jitsu is what makes it so accessible to different people and if you can't do one version of this type of uh, guillotine well we can, we can find a way to make it work for you now if you have a certain condition or you have a, an injury yeah maybe you're never going to be like completely like imanari rolling or like folding over and like rolling uh, with your your head almost touching your waist crunched over you might not do that but that doesn't mean you won't be successful in there's in your different styles your, to jiu-jitsu exactly you know? um and it changes so like i have a I have a buddy um i have a good friend his name is nino chambry we i think we've mentioned him before in the show incredible incredible grappler um nino was one of the most in devastating open guard guys in in the late 90s early 2000s just incredible open guard guy, incredible bottom game, super flexible, and just just like just impressive. Um, and uh, you know he's like in his late forties, early fifties now, I think. Don't quote me on it. Um, sorry, you know. Um, but he he is much more a top guy now than a bottom guy. Not that he can't do it, he can, and I'm sure he could destroy half of the young population out there from the bottom. He just knows that it takes a bigger toll on his body than being a top guy. So he switches his game to being a top guy. He, he modified it. He's like, hey, I'm getting older. I am hyper-flexible, and I used to contort and twist and do all these things. But when I do that, you know, I have this thing that pulls over here. Or, you know, I have to, I will walk a little funny the next day, or I don't sleep well. But if I'm on top, I don't have as many of those. So he's adapted his jiu-jitsu over time to account for his aging process. Hmm. And that is a fair thing to do. We're, we're all going to have to do that. Yeah. Okay, so we're walking through this class. We finish up with drills. Now it's time to roll. There are stages of just different like panic that can set in as you're going through your first jiu-jitsu class. The, this person now is thinking, okay, I made it through the technique. Man, it was clunky. Uh, I don't feel good about it, but... I'm at a good school. They told me to keep working. I can get to a point where I can do this successfully. Maybe not next week, but in the future if I keep trying. Now I have to roll 
with these people. Oh my God, they're going to kill me. This is where I get hurt. What, what, what do you do in that case to just bring this panic down to say, okay, even if they're not going to kill me, I can't, I, I can't compete. I can't spar with someone. That's I mean, completely what, what, I, what I personally do or what generally is done. What should, what would you tell them? How would you coach this person who says, Hey, well, Croiler, that guy is, that guy's 28. He's six foot, 195 pounds, great shape. I'm like, 65 overweight what, what, what do i do to, with that guy so so this again this all goes back to instruction and the culture and the the healthy environment or how healthy of an environment the school has right first i don't allow for white belt and white belt action i don't believe in that mm-hmm. um the blind cannot lead the blind and, it, and for everybody listening if you have even up to four stripes on your white belt you are simply the tallest midget in the circus okay you don't know anything and I don't mean this in a demeaning way. I don't mean to disrespect anybody. I just simply mean you don't know enough to a protect yourself and protect your training partner when you're rolling. You may know techniques, but you're not educated in it. You don't have the experience in it. So if I put you with somebody else that is also uneducated and incapable of protecting themselves in you, I essentially have two wild cards going at it. And this leads to issues right that's when you see huge rates of injuries accidental injuries i tweaked my knee i rolled my ankle my elbow hurts we headbutted each other my rib all these things right so in in my school it's colors and whites it's never whites on whites so what that does is the the color belts coming in they they know they've been instructed to take their opportunity to try more difficult techniques at a slower pace, right? This is essentially a live flow rolling practice. While the white belt is completely unaware of this, they have no idea that the club belts that they're rolling with are holding back a lot. And they're essentially practicing to flow roll with you. In turn, that removes the aggression. That's the first thing that causes accidents in, in white belt and white belt action is aggression. I'm afraid to lose. I don't know what I'm doing you are afraid to lose you don't know what you're doing i either i'm gonna cower and accept the loss i just as long as i don't get hurt or i'm gonna throw everything i got at you and hope i do something right and if if we're both headbutt you know if we both like go towards the aggressive route then one of us could be hurt and if we both take the shy route then we don't roll, mm. you know, or there is a combination of the two, which is very common. And then one person is essentially becomes a mat bully to the other person. Right. Right. So when, when um, we have color belts and white belts and the color belts are using that, that person, that layman as a means to learn reactions, timing, practice new techniques, practice new environments, go to places that they're not usually in, then there's no aggression because they're playing jujitsu, which makes the white belt far more comfortable. Like, hey, these guys aren't trying to rip my head off. They're just kind of playing a game. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can play too. Right. Right. So then that removes that factor, that that it reduces the rate of injury at that level. Second, if every time the color belt submits the white belt or sweeps him, like let's say they do the same sweep five times or practice specific sweep 
at the end of the role, they can say, hey, the reason you got swept is because of this or do the do more of this and less of that. They can give them helpful advice where a white belt, two white belts roll with each other. You're like, hey, what I do? You know, how'd you beat me? You're never going to ask that. Right. <laughs> right. A white belt's never going to ask that because he feels like he lost to somebody like him. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the other guy is going to, if anything, he's going to be gloating. Right. Right. Um, and then, and then, you know, so, so in my school, the way I reduce that is it's always colors and whites. The color belts are, are always to, because they're more experienced, because they're educated, because they have more tools in their, in their arsenal, more weapons in their arsenal that they can use there to protect themselves and to protect their training partners because the web belt is incapable of doing that right. themselves. What should the goal be of the new older guy who's who's rolling at first? It's not going to be to tap the person you're with. should never be the goal when you first start. What should that goal be? Just, just to survive, try to learn something? It's the same goal for the child coming in, for the teenager, the, you know, 20s to 30s, 30s to 40s. I don't care what age you're going. Have fun and learn. Your goal should be every time you come into school to come out better than when you went in. Mm. And the best way to learn is by having fun. If you come into a school and you're miserable, you're not going to retain half the shit I say. I think the best example of an older guy joining the gym, the best mentality you could get is a guy at our school, Roy. Roy. Roy is incredible. I love Roy. Who's been at the gym for how many months now? Five. About five months. Roy came in late 50s early 60s yeah and he was a little bit overweight still you could tell that he was strong had been like in really good shape but Age. hadn't worked out Age. in a while yeah put a little weight on and didn't have any experience with jujitsu had but never done anything like this no but walks in automatically is just you can tell he, he he's friendly he just is there to learn you could tell he was a little nervous at first but he, he's like man i I just this always looked cool to me. I want to give this a try. So so he starts workouts. Workouts are tough, but he pushes through them. He I don't think he has a dry square inch on his body because he's <laughs> just pouring sweat. But he's busting his he's ass the whole the best time. He can yeah. And it's one of those guys who you root for as Absolutely. as you're watching. I respect the shit out of Roy. Yeah, and then five months later. I mean, he's lost 60 pounds. He's, yeah, just over 60, I think. He yeah. is, his technique's gotten better. He has the best attitude in the world. He always, he'll get done with a roll. Say, hey, hey, you're doing this. Um, why, why were you doing that with my arms? Or, hey, how, how, could I, how could I try to finish that next time? Always inquisitive. Doesn't, I mean, he, he's older than us. He has more experience than us in life. He could talk down to us and treat us like kids, right. but always is respectful and he's just he's made a ton of progress because he has the best attitude in the world but that's also because of you and everybody else that's there and like that's no, something, just me mainly me <laughs> no like I, I am really proud of the students i have not because you guys are technically good you guys are all very very good but because you guys you know i mean i'm only one of you know 100 people in the school you guys are you know the vast majority and you guys not only help me foster the environment, but maintain a healthy environment. I mean, think of the experience. Roy is coming to you after you roll with him and say, hey, you're doing this. Please show me what you're doing. 
that is such a healthy, positive mindset. Mm. And it's not Roy. Because let's say we put Roy in a school where it is not very healthy, right? They're trying to kill each other. And he rolled with you and you were an asshole and you, you know, rear naked him 50 times in five minutes. What are the odds that he even asks your question? He would probably ask it the first time, say, hey, how'd you do that? And the person would respond because they'd go, well, because you suck. Right. And then automatically you go, okay, all right, I won't ask any more questions. Right. Or they'll be short, you know, if they're not, even if they're not rude, if they're just short, if they don't care to give them the time of day, then that person then doesn't ask any more questions. It mm. becomes about survival and, and then it creates resentment and so on. So, yeah, in a healthy school with good instruction, there is absolutely zero, zero reasons as to why somebody of any age couldn't walk in and train and stay. So wrapping it up, mainly, if, you, if, if you're an older person wanting to start or you've started, just if look at the place you're at, know the people you're working with, make sure that they're looking out for you, be yeah. careful. You, at, at an older age, you have to roll smarter than everyone else. Right. And, and a shout out to, to Roy for being a, a prime example of this. I mean, yeah. I, I, like I said, I hope I have the disposition and, and attitude he's got now when I'm his age, you know? You won't, because if I was doing <laughs> this podcast with him, and when we started out, I said, hey, Roy, bip, 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 and I was making noises. I go, your turn. He'd be like, all right, Andrew, here's my jingle. Whoa, bop, bop, bop. And we'd go back and forth. We'd laugh. You're right. He's way more fun than I am. <laughs> Um, the the other thing for anybody that's that's thinking out there, uh, look up um, uh, Marcius Stambowski or um, Makaha BJJ. Yeah. Um, Marcius is my instructor. He's uh, he's you know an older coral belt. He's been doing it forever. He's been doing jiu jitsu longer than I've been alive. However, um, he just recently started a program called BJJ After Fifty, and he actually has designated classes for people that are after 50 years old and you know he's got a large population of students so he can do that most schools will not have a 50 plus class however uh they post videos and and uh, one of the instructors for the class is a is a, a brown belt his name is tom Corey, i believe i've never had the pleasure of meeting him but i believe he's like like he's into well into his 60s he still competes he still works out you know he likes to grapple and and both him and stambowski um, I've been posting a lot of videos lately about w- how they should train, what they should be looking for, the kind of techniques they should be trying. Um, a- again, it just, you know, m- more footage out there. Would it be under Macahow or Gracie Sports? Uh, I-, I think under any of those. I mean, usually they okay. share across the board. So if you just look up Stambowski, BJJ After 50, or, you know, Gracie Sports, BJJ After 50, anything like that, I'm sure you'll find videos and, and stuff. Or them. if you're in Connecticut, what part are they in? Um, he's in Norwalk, Connecticut. Okay. Yeah. Yes, check him out. Highly, highly recommended. Yep. Well, that let's wrap that up there. Um, if if you're older and listening, hopefully that helped you. Or if it didn't, send us an email and say, "Listen, you stupid guys who are under thirty five, you don't know what you're talking about." 
you need to address this. Tell us, and we'd be happy. To how, how are they connecting to us? Email? What, what is well, email? if they're that age, probably by a fucking bird or something. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> I'm just kidding, shit. guys. <laughs> I'm kidding. You're I listening mean, to If they sent it by crow, I would be impressive. Yeah. I would it, I'd be impressed. <laughs> that would be really, yeah. uh, that, that, that would be a whole nother level. But uh, no, I, I mean, if they're listening to this, they're already listening to podcasts, which is ahead of 90% of that demographic. So what's the, what's the, the email? The email is just jujitsu podcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to email Croyler personally, hotlips55786 is it Yahoo or is it AOL? I always forget. You know, I was kind of impressed you just spitballed that out of there. Like, <laughs> you know what? You know, some, some like teenage kid is going to get a bunch of emails. <laughs> Hotlips five five seven whatever whatever yeah the reason I spit that out is because I used to work in a customer service job where I would have I would at some point talk to someone and if I had to communicate I'd say what's your email address people would give it to you and usually it was their some rendition of their name or version of their name every once in a while you just get gold and they you could you'd hear hesitation because <laughs> they didn't want to tell you and then they'd say it like I had I had some funny ones but yeah one person was Hotlips something and. Wow. Yeah, that that just has always stuck with me. That's impressive. Uh, that's Hot right. lips, okay. All right, well, this is uh, Hot Lips signing off with Froggy. No, no sound effects? No. What sound effect? If you had to associate yourself with a sound effect, which one would you be? I, I don't know. I, I, what kind of question is that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's an awkward question. <laughs> I think I would associate myself with... When someone in a cartoon slips on a banana peel and goes, whoop, maybe that one. Okay. What about you? I really don't know. I mean, do you sit in the bed and think about these things? No, it just instinctually comes to me. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> if I had to associate you with one, it would be, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I'm glad I'm the downer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for this week. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. 